Straight to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, welcome to Permit to Think. Meaningful stories and conversations from the fringe of societal norms. I am your host, Mike Dawes. As a professional fisherman and host, I've spent the last 25 years traveling the far reaches of the world. In the beginning, the goal was untouched adventures in wild fish. But I've come to realize that the people I've met along the, along the way and their stories have played a pivotal role in seeking what I'm truly after, a quiet mind and time to think. This ride is too short. So I'm gonna start exploring the narratives of the people that have brought me here. I have been told that audio has no rules, so it seems like a good platform for someone who grew up breaking them all. So let's go. Our guest today is Kurt Hamby. Kurt grew up in the greater Dallas, Texas area. He graduated from Baylor University with a Bachelor of Business Administration and Marketing. Kurt was racing mountain bikes all over Texas after college, and shortly after, he moved on to Boulder, Colorado, where he took a job with Pearl Izumi. The office job didn't last long. Soon, Kurt was a snowcat operator and ski patroller at Copper Mountain in Frisco, Colorado. It was at this time that Kurt started guiding anglers as well. After five years in the mountains of Colorado, Kurt migrated north to Jackson, Wyoming. He never left. 20 plus years later, he still remains a ski patroller at the Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, fishing guide at World Cast Anglers, host at Flamingo Key on Andros Island in the Bahamas, where Kurt gets to spend off seasons in some of the best bone fishing and tarpon fishing in the Bahamas, as well as hosting trips to, to other international destinations. Kurt also serves as an ambassador to Costa del Mar, Clackacraft Drift Boats, Hatch Reels, Scott Fly Rods, Sea Home Watches, along with his good friends from Texas, Haller Brothers and Yeti as well. Kurt is one of the most sought-after trout fishing guides in the world, and if you want a day with Kurt, get in line. Kurt is a professional outdoorsman, period. He has a contagious persona that everyone wants to stay close to. Kurt currently lives in Victor, Idaho, with his wonderful family, his wife Shannon, and his daughter Cadence. Without further ado, please welcome Kurt Hamby. What's up, Hamby? Not much, Dawes. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks Thank for having me. Oh, thanks for stopping by, man. Oh, this is going to be a fun time. Yeah, how was, uh, how was the pass? The pass was uh, good today. Pretty, uh, pretty barren, or was there... Pretty barren. Yeah. Yep. Nothing out of the... Not not today. Yep. This morning <laughs> might have been bad, but yeah. last night took uh, my wife a little while to get home, but uh, yeah, got a little a, greasy. Got a little bit last night, right? A little bit. Yeah, still... Uh, Roads are pretty bad in Victor. How many inches are on the ground? We were talking about earlier. Uh, a couple inches. Not much. Not much, yeah. It's a, a dusting. A dusting. We need a little more than a we dusting. Need, yeah, we need more than the angry inch. <laughs> well... Um, you know, it's funny cause this is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast. I was thinking about it today when I was reading some articles about you and trying to catch up is, I mean, I don't think you and I, besides playing some phone tag and we did catch up on the phone, you know, a week ago, but shit, man, I haven't seen you 
Probably since April. Right. March. March. Right yeah. before I went to the Bahamas and we were talking about some permit flies. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't seen you since. It's a uh it's a treat. So thanks again for stepping by, man. I, I, I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. And it's funny, I was uh I think it was uh yeah, it was Matthews and I that were talking about it a couple of weeks ago, how things just coincidences kinda come by and so I get home from the Bahamas a couple of weeks ago. You and I catch up on the phone. And the next thing you know, we got today scheduled. And then here I am trying to get my notes done and prepare a little bit for the show. And I find myself on the phone with the big boy <laughs> for, uh, for a while. It was great to catch up with him. And then I told him that you and I were doing this today. And then I said, you know what, Carter, um, we're talking about Carter Andrews, the big boy. And, uh, I was like, just send me, uh, send me some notes, just a quick little, uh, write up on Kurt. And, um, so this is what the big boy wrote. He said, I, I have a lot of friends, but I don't have a lot of good friends. Kurt and I became good friends through our mutual respect for the outdoors and all that's in it. Our love for fish, moving water, white sand, plus family values. For me, he's one of those guys in your phone that as you're scrolling through, you rarely pass without hitting dial. Oh, yeah, he likes... Actually, shit, let's, let's not read that part. <laughs> um, you know, and in preparing for the show, when I was asking you a couple of questions, you know, you said, uh, you said my life's not exciting. And, you know, I think we'll let the listeners be a judge of that. But I think... You know, in talking to uh, Carter and kind of in writing your intro, um, I think, you know, I think people are going to agree that your, your life is is uh, very exciting, although it might not seem that way to you, but you have a, but but in all honesty, right, I mean, what, what I, I wanted to put in what Carter wrote because, uh, you know, you, you're, you're one of those guys where it's too much time passes and I'm like, Holy, you know. In the past, I got to see you, you know, briefly, but we haven't been able to sit down and do this. So uh, I'm really, I, I can't thank you enough, man. Yeah, man. My, my pleasure. I can't believe cards say shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should have heard the other shit. Um, so let's, uh, let's start at the beginning here. Um, grew up, right? Greater Dallas. Lake Dallas, Texas, Lake. right between Denton and Louisville on Lake Louisville. And then how far is that from Dallas? That is, yeah, 40 miles, I think. Okay. Um, back in the day, I think it took us 40 minutes to get downtown. But uh, What direction? North. North. We're okay. north on I-35. I've never lived in Texas when I was living in Texas. Two or three miles off of, uh, well, I'd say five miles off of I-35. Okay. Which runs straight north, south, right in the middle of Texas. Okay. Cool. So it's a it's interesting, you know, uh, Dallas, Waco, Austin. Okay. And flat land or? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Not. I mean, we we lived in uh, right on the west side of the not thirty five is the Bosque Escarpment, and so it's a big shift. Um, you know, uh, a big shift. So like. Everything west of that's where the the hill country starts. Okay, and, and not Dallas area, but um, 
further you get down into Waco and then you start getting into Austin, you get in the hill country, everything west of that's all that bosky escarpment. Um, we, we, we lived in like, uh, we had creeks, ton of, uh, American elms, I think were the trees that we had back then. And, uh, we were, we were super fortunate to have, uh, my parents built a house on 10 acres. The neighbor owned the other 40 and leased it to my grandfather for cattle. And we had cattle horses. Mm -hmm. We had dogs cats we had guinea pigs guinea pigs they didn't last long <laughs> they lasted i think a week and the coyotes got them so we and then and then we had um one of my favorite dogs i ever had was bingo no kidding name. no kidding oh, it was a, a britney spaniel uh-huh. and uh it was given to me because it was a kind of a retiring hunting dog and we had two huge coveys of quail behind our house so i got to go hunting and then we also had motorcycles and we were in a drought. So like we could go ride our motorcycles anywhere on the lake bed. And we didn't live on the lake, but we lived about a couple miles from it. Yeah. And so we, I mean, we were, we had the parents didn't care where we went, you know, That's awesome. come up, come home for dinner. Yeah. Did you guys have a bell? No, no bell, no bell. Just shoot a gun out the back. <laughs> we had, um, oh, I did shoot my brother with a pellet gun <laughs> <laughs> playing, uh, playing army. On Thanksgiving Day, I got in a little trouble for that. Oh, that's great. My dad took my 410 away from me. And um, so there was some, any fishing or boating or? Yeah, we, with my, um, oh, I got a good one about this one. Uh, my dad was not a fisherman, but he had buddies that fished. And my uncle was, I would say that I got everything from kind of my uncle, Uncle Carol. He, he, he had the bass boats and he had all the shotguns and he had the lease in Texas where I'd, you'd go get the deer and the elk, I mean deer and the, uh, the turkey and the quail. Back then it was kind of a one for all and it was way, I can't remember, it was three hours outside of Dallas. So, um, I can't even remember where. And he's the one that got me the bug of all that. But mm-hmm. we did fish on the lake. We had, uh, I think it was sand bass, which might be a kind of a, kind of a cross between a white bass but uh, you know they eat they eat minnow i mean it was all yeah. bait fishing sure and um so he got us into that and uh we had we had two tanks two ponds and we stocked them with catfish so i'd sit out there with wonder bread bait balls and catching <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> huge catfish so my dad got it he, he was making sure that whatever we were into he had we had the opportunity but my dad did to go out on a on a bass trip to uh, Toledo Bend, and it was super slow. And he came back, you know, like five days later, or whatever, and said the only fish he caught was like that anybody caught was like the last five minutes. And he catches this eight pound bass, and <laughs> like my parent, I mean, my parents were not really into the mounts and stuff. But my yeah. dad's like, this this one's getting mounted. <laughs> so we had that thing the whole my whole growing up career in, in this house on a uh, point Vista road was uh, looking at this bass. <laughs> That's great, man. It's a big bass. Yeah, it's huge. And was there any, I mean, you know, growing up, was there, was there any skiing in your life at all? Oh yeah. We did the um, church trips, you know, for, and then we do the, we do a church trip like in, in the, uh, during Christmas group and then um every spring break the families would all get together and we'd all go 
Was that was that your intro to Colorado? Was that yeah, New Mexico, Colorado. Yeah. Cool. Got all over. It was around when I was 12, 14. I kind of can't remember that one. And were you? Do you? I mean, were you extremely passionate about it at that time, or yeah. or was it just like you know? I mean, I remember like I used to, did a couple of ski trips, and I was like, it was great, but that was about it. Yeah, it was great, but I think what what um. I think probably what kind of what really got noticeable was my a friend of ours told us about Platora, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is way down south, like on the off the Chama River or uh, the Canaeus River. Yeah. And um, we went up there just as a summer break one time, and I mean I could not get enough of the mountains, the rivers. So I don't know if the skiing really got me involved. Yeah, that the mountains, the rivers. That that planted the seed. Yeah, that was it. And then my parents kind of knew that I was kind of done for. <laughs> I mean, and no, then and then off to um, went to Baylor, and then as you were finishing up Baylor, you you started racing mountain bikes, or was that? Uh, no, no, we were in, we were at we had a team, not a Baylor team. I mean, there was a road bike team, and I'd ride with them occasionally just for training, but. My buddies and I worked at this uh, bicycle sports shop right in this, um, no, not that one, uh, Bicycles Outback. That was in Waco, and uh, our buddy had this shop, and I ended up being like a shop rat guy and started working on bikes. And we'd go, we were, since we were centered in Waco, we went, you know, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, you know, all these races, kind of when they had a Norma series. Um, and I mean, I wasn't like the pro level or anything, but yeah, but you were still 21 and right. Yeah. Racing yeah. Mountain bikes yeah. And, and you know, a couple of my buddies were really good and I was kind of in the, in the middle there. Is there, I mean, I, the only, my only experience is Dallas proper. And then I did get to go to Austin this year and, and it seemed like there probably is some mountain biking, but the mountain biking in those areas has got to be a little different than what. You would be really surprised at how good it is. Yeah, like the single track in Waco was really good. Cameron Park was um, was uh, again kind of going. This it's right off of the Brazos River, and it's part of that escarpment, that Bosque mm-hmm. escarpment. So it's like a drop off. So it's like cliff, not cliff, but um, you know drops. So there's a lot of single track in it from horse, from the horses, horse. Um, trails from yeah. motorcycles huh. and the, the motorcycle guys ended up being bikers and we were and we made all the trails and so um you know a lot of the trails are still named after my buddies that we were all rode with during the college years wow and so um and they're, they're still there i mean it's like somebody sent me a picture of it you know the thor's drop and battlers whatever <laughs> i remember riding it but i mean it was you know steep yeah um uphill steep but the, the elevation stuff has got to be i mean it can't be. it's not flat i mean everybody thinks it's flat yeah. dallas is flat for sure yeah but, uh, i was further even a little you go surprised down, at dallas though i mean it seems like there are some hills there yeah further you go further you go south you know it's you're getting into trails and then when you get to austin it's hill country and it's all you know it's it's you're in hills. You're- I got to spend some time um, in uh, Mason, and we went through Lano. Lano. Lano, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> went to Cooper's, 
barbecue, yep. which was uh, phenomenal. But yeah, I could, and that was actually right after I read uh, Empire of the Summer Moon, and didn't even put it together until I was there, and it was like, oh, holy shit, this is exactly where they're talking about in the book. Yeah, then our, my first climbing experience was near Atlanta, was uh, Enchanted Rock. Huh. Which is a big dome in the middle of nowhere. I think I saw what you could see it. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And you know, super hard rock. And that was my first climbing experience, and we we'd go there a bunch too. And so, the obviously working in the bike industry, racing bikes, and then that that kind of put you into position to get the job at. Well, actually, you go back, right? Austin, there was, did you move? Yep. I got a job at Bicycle Sports Shop doing some inventory control stuff. And uh, that's where you would go. I mean, that's, that was cycling, you know, empire. If you're going to live anywhere in South, you go to Austin. I mean, that's where all the, there are some big names there and the big teams. And uh, Yeah, I've got a Mellow Johnny's hat right, right up there. Well, you do. Yeah. <laughs> That was a cool, yeah. So I mean, there's obviously a huge, I mean, biking culture there. Yeah, and we knew it pretty well too because uh, the races. But also, like Waco was a hundred miles um, south is Austin, a hundred miles north is Dallas. And okay. I mean, for us to go like on a Thursday night to go to the, you know, go see Soul Hat on the Sixth Street at the Black Hat. Yeah, I mean, we do that. Not weekly, but I mean, show up at you know class the next morning barely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we were in Austin quite a bit. Yeah, you know, so that was fun. So Austin was kind of easy move. Yeah, when I when I talked to the guy and got a job there, so I spent a year. I was spent a year there. Okay, you're there, and then got a job offer from Pearl Zumi, right? Well, it didn't work out that way, but I ended up moving. Uh, okay, uh, moved to Boulder, and I worked at some uh, sports camps, Christian sports camps at a. Uh, um, Young Life Camps um, in around Colorado for a summer and then ended up in Boulder. And then Pearl Zumi kind of fell into place, and that was a pretty easy job to get. And how long did you do that? Mm, sort of three years. Okay. I was doing uh, international because it's the only office job I ever had. <laughs> I, had I was an international logistics coordinator. That deals with customs, deals with uh, uh, freight forwarders, and I had hair down to my ass. Nice. Two earrings in my uh, in, in both my ears. I, we got to get some pictures. And uh, um, and, and a nose ring. <laughs> and and these guys would these freight forwarders would come take me to lunch, give me you know Avs tickets, Rockies tickets. That's awesome. Only do you have, do you have pictures of that time? I'm pretty sure I'd. Can't find any. Oh man, I'm gonna. We're gonna put one. Good out luck. There. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> they're, they're they're not around. So three years in Boulder, and that during that time, I'm presuming that you were spending a bunch of time in the mountains, and then that was kind of what led you to. Copper is it yep. Copper Mountain? Yeah, that was when I was really into skiing and kayaking. Okay. Then this is all going to parlay into fishing at some point, but yeah. Um, the when I when I was in, when I first came in that first summer in Boulder, that's when I was fly fishing. Okay. A buddy of mine had me had a rod, and we messed around. 
And so I got a fishing thing, but I was really into kayaking. Gotcha. I got out of biking because I got a really, really awesome bike built that I was building up and it got stolen. And I'm like, screw this. I'm, we're over. This is, I'm done. I was eating ramen noodles. <laughs> stolen in Boulder? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's probably like a $4,000 bike back then. And that I'd been building up, and and uh, and what year? What year is this? Oh, ninety two. Okay. No, yeah, ninety three, ninety five, somewhere in there. Thought it was all love, and uh, didn't know they were stealing stuff. I, I had, I had my, all the rainbow kids around. <laughs> my they, uh, they didn't drug money. I had my truck uh, uh, stolen in Boulder as well. So that's that's kind of why I'm, I'm wondering if. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Boulder was fun. Yeah. No. Um, it, you know, I thought it was kind of getting crowded then. But, you know, I had this uh, – actually, it was pretty funny. I, was, I, I got a little uh, a little media <laughs> attention because I'd kayak to work from – Oh, really? I live on 3rd and the Canyon or something. Like, you're going up to the Canyon, like up to Eldora. Yeah, what's the um... – What's the name of the river right there that flows? South Boulder Creek. South Boulder Creek. And then I could go kayak to 55th and Arapahoe and just do a real short walk to where Pearl Izumi was. Were you carrying your kayak? Mm-hmm. And I had awesome. my skateboard. I had my skateboard, and I could just skate back home. Well, where would the kayak go? I'd have, you know, it wouldn't be every day. So okay. It, it, it's a shuttle system. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty stupid. I'm you trying, remember, you remember to, the uh, what uh, Harvey? Um, what's his name? Harvey. Harvey Radio Show. The uh, oh, not Guy Harvey. What? What's uh? That's what I was gonna say, but then I was like, that's that can't be right. No, there, there was a radio broadcast. Um, I mean, I was. Oh well, whatever. I, yeah. He called me in the middle of, you know, four o'clock in the morning when interview me. It was kind of silly because. Everybody's like, exactly. Like, how do you get your kayak back? Well, no, let's, yeah. I mean, I want to explore that a little more. So you, so you would kayak down, right? And Mm -hmm. then short walk to work Mm -hmm. and then skateboard would be at work. No, I'd put a skateboard in the kayak. (laughs) And then skate home. Skate home. And then, you know, like get a ride to work. You know, it was kind of. Yeah. Okay. So something to do. Yeah. I mean, it was an office job, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a little premonition for your future. Yeah. You know? Um, so then you start, so Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey. Yeah. I do remember that. Paul Harvey. He had a great show. Um, I think we got, I, I was never in Boulder, but I was in Denver. Yep. And I, I think it was in Denver as well. Oh yeah. No, no, that's, it's national. Okay. Seneca deal. Okay. I was, uh, I was a little out of it back then, but big D U McGuire. <laughs> um, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't like going to that town. Yeah. Well, Denver was pretty. Yeah, it was a that was a good time. <laughs> wow! Right when uh, Coors Field, it was right when I moved there. It was like post Coors Field opening and Lodo becoming a thing. We might have been there the same years. I was there from '96 to. Well, I left. Yeah, I left in 2000. I left in '96 to okay. go to, to go to Breckenridge. So, okay, that, that so Breckenridge. Well, that's just where I live, but I got a job. Yeah, I got a job at Copper Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I had the job. I didn't move up there. I, I got the job. I didn't came to the interview. This guy's name's Chuck Dalton. He was our 
patrol director, and he was a super funny guy. Just texted me about Baylor winning this week. There you go. See, you know, coincidence. He's rooting. Yeah, all kinds of coincidence. And he's, uh, you know, he's like, I need, you know, uh, he, so you work at Pearl Zumi, and I was hooking up dudes on, you know, my friends on pro deals and stuff. Yeah. You know, the, these guys that lived up there that I got to be friends with and whatever. And he's like, you know, so do you ski? And I said, yeah, ski. And he goes, what about your first aid and all that? I said, well, I'm getting my EMT and I'm, you know, I'm making the, I'm making the move. I'm doing this. And he goes, well, what other skills you got? And I said, well, I can drive heavy machinery. And he goes, what? And I said, I've been driving forklifts since I was 12. And I'm, from my my dad on salvage yards, auto salvage yards. And so my first job at 12 years old was doing stripping cars. No shit. No shit. And so we've been, you know, my granddad started it. My dad, uncle bought it um, off him. And then my dad ended up buying my uncle out. And then, uh, yeah, so Highway Auto Parts, Harry Hines Boulevard. Dallas, Texas. That's awesome. so. How do you strip? A, I mean, what? What? And back then, there was the other strippers too. <laughs> and they cleaned that place up. How do you? Uh, yeah. Wow. I just had a little. I mean, we go whole. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> we could take a hard left. Um. How? So you're 12, and you're you're. Well, then I was probably brooming something or whatever. But my first job. My dad. Well, I mean, a, yeah, call it sixteen, but you're you're driving. I mean, you, you you're working a forklift. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know, little ones, big ones. We had a couple different kinds, but uh, yeah. You so my dad's like, okay, so you need a all right. This car just came in, you know, seventy nine Impala. Yeah. And I need the I need the motor, and I need the rear end, and you know, that's. Those are the things that are expensive or whatever, and you get the rotors and the brake rotors yeah, and all that. But that's what we want out of this. But that's what we want out of it. Yeah. And then pull it into my bay, the big forklift, raise it up, get the torch, and start torching crap out. That that's no good. They're wrecked. They're wrecked cars. Yeah. You know? So um, um, yeah. And give them the motor and. So that 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 experience is what. Hey, I can tear stuff up. I can't build anything. <laughs> so, but that running, I mean, that experience is what got you into the door at your first opera or patrolling or yep. gig. Yep. And so Chuck's like, oh, great. I need somebody that can drive a snowcat. And I said, well, I've never driven one, but it can't be that hard. And he goes, what <laughs> other skills you got? And I said, well, I speak Texan. <laughs> and he la- he's like, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and so, so he hired me and, you know, I'm, I've never had a ski pass in my life, like seasoned ski pass ever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'd, those three years at Boulder, I did ski a lot. I was going up every weekend, you know, skiing somewhere Yeah, and loving it. And, uh, yeah, so, so he gave me a job and he says, well, this is part of your job is you're going to drive a snowcat so we can do the, throw the bombs for the avalanche control. So, so were you? A, so that was kind of grooming your way. You know, no pun, but grooming your way into patrolling. Well, that no, I got the job patrolling. Okay, and part of that was driving the cat. Okay, cool. Wow. Um, as just a first year patroller. But you were living in Breck because that's a little. Oh yeah, that's what's that an hour? No, no, no. That's Half an hour? seven, maybe ten, fifteen miles. 
Wow, I need to go back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Breck's like seven miles off of I seventy, and then you go up past, you know, go through the little through Frisco, you go another yeah. seven miles or something on, like that on seventy, right? On seventy, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, the ten mile range. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, I was way off. And then Vale's, then unless you go up Vale Pass. Yeah. You know, right. The base, the base of Copper is is, is where you start going up. Up the east side, yeah. Vail Pass. Okay, gotcha. And that would be in a, yeah, there's your hour right there going to Vail. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about then. And um, so you were, you were patrolling, you patrolled there, and were you guiding fishing at that time too? Is that, I mean, left, left the bike world, started patrolling, and then we're kayaking a bunch, obviously rafting at all i remember you and i talking about that because so the rafting came in maybe the uh second year of patrolling the summers right gotta have a summer Mm -hmm. job can't can't make it all year doing that and uh all my friends that i kayaked with were 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 rafting guides down in bv uh, univista Mm -hmm. colorado or salada yeah arkansas the Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. And so that's where we kayaked a lot in the summer. I'd just go drive down there and go just wait for them to get off work. And they're like, why don't you just work, you know, half, <laughs> half day and make a little extra money. Yeah. Um, what was I doing? I didn't even remember. Uh, any, any, I don't remember how it worked, but um, only one of those summers I actually made a living doing whitewater rafting like all day long like i lived in boulder and i worked on the in fort collins one year mm-hmm. one summer um and did that on the pooter river and catch the pooter yeah fish those yep well, i fished that i fished that there's drake hatch yeah but yeah we there was some fun whitewater up there so i rafted that and then i was rafting on the arkansas um part-time i don't think i ever did it uh, this is a great story though. Brown's Brown's angling or Brown's something, Brown's brother or something like that. They had the permit for the fishing. So this is where the, this is where we get into fishing is the, <laughs> the guys like we're all sitting there having a beer at the end of the day of our half day or whatever. And, uh, you know, you get like 20 bucks, 10 bucks, you know, for a half day <laughs> for a tip and you're getting paid. I don't remember 20 you're bucks for paid a half too. And you're a dirt bag living in your, I mean, you know, you're the poly pro and the living in the <laughs> truck. And I mean, everything stinks so bad. And I'm not just doing this part time. Right. And these guys are doing this for a living. I mean, you know, all summer long. Yeah. And we all had our little favorite places to go camping and stuff. It was fun. But then we'd go kayaking, you know, and that was, that, that was the fun part. That was the shower. That was the fun part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I lo- love that. <laughs> that was great. And then, um, this guy comes in, you know, and he's like, yeah, I got a, I got, um, kind of in bond here. I, I got a fishing trip. Um, and this is all rafting. There's no drift boats on the Arkansas. It's too bony yeah, and it's stuff. Pretty squirrely, right? Yeah. I mean, pretty squirrely. Yeah. I mean, and the stretch where you'd fish was not that bad, but there are still some rapids. Like, I don't think I'd. Well, I don't remember what it looked like, but I don't think I'd take a drip boat down and that aluminum one even. But, yeah, um, it was it was bony, and I just remember the guys like, so uh, I need a guide for tomorrow, and I'm like, sure, I'll do it. Um, he goes, do you have any fishing experience? I said, yeah, I love fishing. 
And he's like, but I just, I've never done it from a boat. And he's like, well, you're, you're not doing the fishing. You're doing the <laughs> rowing. And I said, well, what do you got to do? And he's like, um, he goes, well, what kind of stuff you got? And I said, well, I got some nippers and some, some you know, box flies and, you know, some hemos. And he's like, oh, good, bring that. Yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and then he's like, um, you show up at 8 o'clock. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of show up. And he's like, the guys know you kind of are going to not really know what you're doing. But all they needed you to do is row. And so I row. I mean, I, yeah. that's not a problem. So we, we got that down. So the, the morning, you know, we'd get to load up the raft, get all that stuff. And he's like, all right. So I said, what flies? I said, I don't ever fish here. So what, what do I do? He, what, you know, he, gives me, he gives me a wad of flies. And I said, which one's works? And he goes, well, tie one on, man. If it, if it works, <laughs> just keep it on. <laughs> If I said, if it, it doesn't work, change it. Yeah, that's great. That's my that's my guide school. Wow, Western River Flash <laughs> guide school right there. And then he's walking away. Oh, oh, you got a back row. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know how you're used to pushing through all the rapids because you get hit by somebody else. You know the, the train behind you. You got a back row. You want the flies to be just a little bit you know faster yeah. than you are and i'm like oh yeah oh that, that's good to know <laughs> that's so funny you say that because when i went down the main stem of the salmon salmon uh two years ago and I, I think i was the last boat and then there was a a sweeper you know i had i had the family and um row your own but the first thing right out of the gates the guy the sweeper boat is just, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? I'm rowing the boat. And he's like, you got to push forward. And I was like, oh, this is going to be different. But yeah. I think, oh yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Yeah, because that's exactly what you do. Yeah. I mean, and I hadn't, you know, that was just new territory. All I've ever done is row backwards. So, um, made some, made some good mistakes, but and and how did that day go? Oh, just, it was great, man. I mean, of, two, two dudes. It's not like the cattle car with the freaking guys, you know, like you got to kind of depend on them if you're in a paddle boat, yeah. like in rafting. And, uh, you know, whatever the conversation was, is great. And caught some fish, which I can't even believe. Yeah. And then you got to get a this huge tip at the end of the day. And I'm like, you know, the guy pays me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's there's money in this. Yeah. And I'm like, this is way more fun. Yeah. Do, and I'm like, I'm, this is, I'm sold. This is what I'm doing. I mean, yeah. that I'm sold. That was, this is what I'm going to do. That's awesome. Like, and you probably also, right. I mean, there's a, there's another connection, another, <laughs> I mean, right. You're, you're not just, you're enjoying the outdoors. You're enjoying the river. You're enjoying all of it, but you, then you've got an extra pretty large step on top of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, connection yeah i mean I, I enjoyed the the day on the river with two guys two, i mean could have been two girls whatever yeah but it, just the conversation it's chill yeah um i mean there was rapids and i love that and i'm still to this day can't wait to go do a river where there's rapids but sure. uh you know in the fishing aspect of it i'm like oh my gosh yeah i mean this is <laughs> i'm here and the next summer Oh, this is a great, another great story too. This is how I ended up in Jackson. Is that where you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, everybody. Was I was say, how'd you migrate? Okay, everybody knows Ian Davis, right? Yeah, Yellow Dog. Yeah. Well, he owned Breckenridge Outfitters with uh, Cosby Bean. 
Crosby Bean. Crosby Bean, yeah. And um, great guys. And great guys. And I, you know, this is when I'm living. This is I'm I'm getting into the fishing. Like I'm getting into fly time. You know, in the winters, um, I'm getting set up. I'm like, dude, this is what I'm going to do. I went and got a loan for a for a back then it was hide boats, but um, I got a personal loan for a boat and I bu- bought a boat. And we were spending a lot of time going to the Green River in Utah yep. for fun. You know, like my buddies. And then um, I'm like, well, I'm going to be a guide. I mean, this is how this is what I'm going to do. And I just got to fi- get it all figured out. And uh, I went in the end shop, and he's like. I'll hire you and you can do the, you know, the weight trips and, you know, we got private water and all that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do the float, float trips. And he goes, well, me and Crosby do the float trips. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, if, if you want to, he goes, I mean, you'll get some. Yeah. And, but if you want to, if you, if you want to do float trips only, you got to move to Jackson or Montana. And I'm like, well, I skied Jackson before. So I'm moving there. Yeah. That's uh talk about coincidences. So and this brings us way back to, Pearl Zumi days with Ian. No, that's okay. And Ian, you know, he, 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 he wouldn't hire me. So we weren't friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we've been friends ever since. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And you know, I see him every year. Um, but, um, when I was working at, when I was working at Pearl Zumi, Brian cousins from Cloudbell was also working at Pearl Zumi when I was leaving. Oh, that's right. Yes. And he was getting the experience um, of customer service. Um, he, he was the finance guy for Cloudbell mm-hmm. and, and understanding returns and customer service. And some, I don't know how he ended up at Pearl Zumi, but he left for a year and did that. And so I had that connection at Jackson. I skied here before um, gotcha. with, during one of my college Christmas trips or whatever. And um, so, I, so I knew jackson and i'd been here well i missed a whole nother semester of college <laughs> i actually lived in jackson for almost, uh, almost a semester D- wow D- washing dishes at the alpenoff really yep what year was that uh 89 so that was your i was in college i, I they decided that i might need a break oh from college <laughs> another coincidence i had one of those too um, but I went to the Bahamas on, uh, on mine. Oh, good. <laughs> and talk about a small world. So, so you, so not, well, actually let's stick on that note. So you, that's, how, that's how you were so familiar with this area. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, then Ian was like, no, we do the float trips. And you were like, well, I'm going to go somewhere where we can do. Yeah. I can do the float trips. And so I I packed up in the summer and got a job at West Bank Anglers. And they said, we'll hire you, but you're going to work in the shop. Yeah. This is the dues you got to pay. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you don't know the rivers, which I didn't. But I had a boat. So that was that was. Well, most of the battle right there, just having a boat back then. And then, um, you know, I worked in that shop for, in the shop for the, the summer. And I was also uh, doing the books for the, the guide. The, the I, bookings. The bookings. Yeah. So I had a lot of control over that. And he says, once I, you know, Reynolds Pomeroy is like, once you get, um, once I test you, you know, you can do some half days. Sure. And so that summer, I ended up doing 20 half days because I was doing the books. I booked my own trips. Yeah. 
You know, what we also have in common is that Ian didn't hire me as well. So I... What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> you know, so I... It is funny. So we're, we're from... I'm going to text that guy right yeah, now. Yeah, so we're from... Um, we're he's from a Denver the, guy. Uh, no, he's in New Jersey. He's, we're from oh, the same hometown. Oh, okay. And um, I... So I knew his sister... Um, much better, but obviously new, right? Like you said, Ian Davis, Breckenridge Outfitters. And so I was like, I got to figure, I knew I, I knew I was going to move out West and I was like, I got to do something, you know? And I was like, I'm, I got to get in the fishing business. Cause I had done my little stint at Deepwater Key in the Bahamas. And then I was like, got in touch with Ian and he's like, yeah, sounds great. Um, and I was like, so what, what do you think? I, I got a job or he's like, uh, no, just, <laughs> just get out here. And I was like, well, that's kind of part of what I need to know to get out there. He's like, yeah, well, um, when you get out here, um, you could just give me a call and, um, not sure, but, uh, but yeah, we're basically not going to talk <laughs> until you get out here. And also we, uh, I had a, prior to that had done a guide trip with my dad with him. Um, and so that was how I was like, I got to, you know, we were, I think we were like literally right behind the outlets there. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the blue. Silver Dorn, yeah. yeah. And um, caught some nice fish. Big and, fish. And I was like, I need to do this. And um, so that's when I called him and then he didn't hire me as well. But Oh, my gosh. That yeah. <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> that's a small world, man. Um, Ian's a great guy. Yeah, he is. And uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't hire either of us, but that is so funny. Um, well, and then, well, I guess we gotta, we gotta do the sponsors here real quick. So permit to think is brought to you by off the grid studios. Everyone has a story to tell. Let these guys and gals tell yours, especially if the unconventional doesn't scare you visit off the grid studios.com for more information. This episode is also brought to you by ironbound media a veteran-owned media company that creates, distributes, grows, and grows podcast series for brands and organizations, ironboundmedia.com. This episode is brought to you by GuidePointer. GuidePointer is a web-based software company that gives your guiding service all the tools you need to manage business. I personally helped develop this software for 20 years and would have never been able to do my job without it, period. GuidePointer is a part of the Romeo Bravo software company. For more information, head on over to guidepointer.com. Okay, so you are uh, now you're at West Bank and doing oh. some guiding fishing. Yeah, we're back. Oh, yeah, I'm a guide. <laughs> I'm a guide now. You're, you're a guide. I've and reached my pinnacle of my everything I thought was life was going to be. Well, it's uh, and it still is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not a bad place to be, man. Um, and then the uh, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort at the same time, or no, no, okay, no. Uh, that's a that was a really not easy job to get into. Um, I would. Uh, I mentioned Chuck Tolton. There's there's a couple of like mentors in the ski patrol thing. Um, there's a couple fishing ones too. Carter's one, um, but uh, we, we can talk about that 
a little later, but uh, Chuck got me started. Billy Westbay is a was a really well known climber, um, Yosemite climber. He he really was a, another big mentor at Copper Mountain, and uh, also in the, the avalanche safety issue uh, mitigation stuff. And um, it was real hard to get in Jackson. So what I was ended up doing was uh, I would. I was three, maybe three or four, three, three summers I got in here and then I would go interview for a job for patrol mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't get it. And then, uh, at Jackson and then I would go back and patrol at copper. Gotcha. So I was going back. So you were migrating Yep. up and down and, and I'm like, well, someday I'm going to get it Yeah. on you know, Jackson and it happened. Yeah, and I, you know, I, so for the listeners out there, you know, my my skiing knowledge is in, in the patrol world. I, I don't know much, but correct me if I'm wrong. In the lower 48, Jackson's got to be one of the harder gigs to get in the ski patrol world. Yeah, so when I got the job, um, one of our fishing guides was also a patroller at West Bank. And he was retiring, and he was um, the the guy that hired me. Quirky Ward was the patrol director at the time. He hired me, um, and he already he told me he's like, "You're going to have some issues on this patrol because I'm hiring you from somewhere else, and you got a line of people that deserve this job more than you." But I need what my problem is is I've got two patrollers leaving with sixty years of experience. Wow. Two guys, Jeez. and one of them was a friend of mine that I mean that I that I got it with, and he said, "So I need somebody who knows the job that I don't have to worry about, that knows what to do. Maybe doesn't know where they're at, but at least knows the job." <laughs> yeah. And he said, "Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna you know, you got problems on, with people. Just let me know. But I mean, you all your job is this first year is learn the mountain, and when when you're called to do the your job, you know." I, I better not, um, you better know what you're doing. Sure. He goes, I mean, I'm hiring you on a totally, you know, I came up here in the, in the winters and also like, um, shadowed the patrol. So I had some names. I knew some people, a lot of, there's a lot of fishing. There was a few fishing guides that are ski patrollers. So I already had some names. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I came up and visited a couple of times. And so I, they'd see me around. Um, and they knew of me, but, you know, Corky kind of hired me on a whim, but, uh, he said, you better know what you're doing. Yeah. Cause I'm going out on a limb on you and, um, you know, I'm still here. And so, I mean, basically you've been patrolling now for, cause you, you didn't stop it. Right. So you kept, you kept yep, at yep. copper. And then when you got the, when you got the shot here. Yep. Yeah. That's so, 20 six years maybe that's amazing 25 that's amazing so yeah i just did my 20th year here in jackson and this is my 20 will be my 21st i just got my lifetime pass really so that's a benefit wow so yeah for everyone's benefits let's let's walk through a day um patrolling oh okay here we go so this is it can be a long day and, so and we're gonna be here for a while. 
<laughs> so let's do um let's do uh one thing that comes to mind right so before when, when we were when we migrated over the pass from victor for a long time to wilson i would walk the kids to school every day and when i was walking the kids to school let's call it you know i'm not gonna 755 or somewhere around that time frame or even earlier maybe when we were cooking breakfast i would start hearing the bombs going off um and every morning when i would hear that i would think i would tell tell my kids well there's there's kurt hamby throwing bombs so um it's kind of actually a really phenomenal memory i mean i think someday maybe they might um appreciate that but <laughs> not, 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 yet. <laughs> not yet but so uh you're you're coming from victor what what time like, let's just do a big snow day so some of us will go uh um assemble the explosives we're going to use for avalanches mm-hmm. mitigation um some of it's a hand charge some of it's a air blast some of it's um you know just to push a button in a computer and that's the gas x okay and then um you go out on your route that you're assigned every day. Mm-hmm. So I've been on the same route for, I don't know, 10 years, but it's also an area that had, um, for many years, we had an avalanche, which was um, compressed nitrogen that had a um, projectile that would shoot that as well, but it's not rifled. So it had a lot of uh, kind of go here and there. <laughs> But um, we've we've decommissioned that. Also, a 105, you know, military gun we had. But um, once you start, um, we've we've built so many lifts and man-made objects, uh, you know, buildings mm-hmm. that n- you can't shoot any guns anymore. Yep. Um, okay. For for obviously reasons reasons, but um, no one's there. But you just can't shoot it any time over yep. these areas. So we, all the guns have been de- decommissioned. So everything's gas X or hand thrown hand thrown or trolleys okay so and so so that yeah that takes so that takes you know the goal is to be open by nine o'clock you know the the unique thing about jackson is um a lot of ski areas is we have to get this done because most of the terrain that you're doing this is above intermediate ski runs sure and Jackson's got quite a bit of those. Yeah. And so where you can't just go off on a lot of areas, you can just kind of say, well, we'll just close this area, do this mitigation over here and still have this area open. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically like we're top, you know, we work off the top, get this thing mitigated so we can open the stuff to ski. Yeah. And so that's the goal is getting open by nine, which is opening. Which probably speaks to why the, I mean, what we were, what I was referring to earlier is, I mean, and you touched on, right, hard job to get kind of the little bit of the cream of the crop because, right, I mean, it's so steep that you got to, you basically have to clear the whole mountain before you open anything, right? I mean, that's pretty much the goal. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, we want to ski it first. Yeah. <laughs> That's our benefit. <laughs> Closed until trashed. Yeah. No, and no, the goal is nine o'clock. And, uh, you know, on a perfect day that happens, uh, all the routes go out. You know, I've got my 
my team, we go out and do our scene. And then there's, there's 12 other, well, 10 other groups going out doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they're, and they're trained, putting in their, their shots and, you know, trying to make avalanches. And if not, then we're like, okay, well, we maybe not need to do this. And so we kind of ski cut and use our, use our extensive knowledge <laughs> from years well, it, of it, training. It, I mean, listen, man, from oh, someone oh, who's school. like coming, someone who's coming, uh, you know, does never been on a, I still, I, I want to, Oh, we got to get you up. I want to shadow you. Some, yeah, we got to be. A, you, you need to be an observer. That's one of the great things we've been able to. I would let's do that. Do. Yeah, I would we, love to for see sure. That. But I mean, in all honesty, it's you know, there is a lot going on there, and I know you've done it for twenty six years, so it's probably a little more routine. But I mean, you're dropping. You know, you're there's a lot. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot going on there, and it's uh, it's intimidating. Like even hearing about it, I bet you people listening are going to be like, "Wow!" I mean, you're you're up. You know, probably it's got to be dark when you're starting to, you know, go on your route sometimes. Sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes. This time of year, for sure. When it, but most of the time, it's... Getting light out. Getting light out. I mean, there's there's times when we do it in the dark. But um, there's when, when you get all the routes going and you're trying to get the, get the lift, the lift mechanics to their lifts... Yep. It gets very involved. A lot of radio content, uh, communication. Um, you know, there's people in charge of this whole show. Yeah, the, that's their job is making sure that like they have the clearances to to go into areas where we've already been. Um, there's also snowcats still around that need to groom the some of the traverses. I mean, it's it's a hectic day. There's bombs going off all over the place, <laughs> and then and then you know, and then we're open at nine o'clock. Yeah, and then you know, then you go to a duty station. And before we go on to the duty station, are you still on tellies? Yep. You are. And how, how many other people are? None. <laughs> They're all smarter than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do my whole career on pens. That's amazing. And I've, and I'm, I'm cheating now. I mean, I've gotten into the, the NTN step ins. I don't have to bend over all the time. So, so for everyone out. listening, right, Telemark skiing, he's, Kurt's doing this with his, his heel is not attached to the ski, um, just, just for clarification. And it's, it's a little more challenging. I can imagine at this point you can alpine ski when you want and Telemark ski uh, when you so choose as opposed to uh, dropping the knee on every turn. You're, you're gracious to say that, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm probably dropping the, you know, my, my line is, is of, if you're, if you're, if you ask nice and you're cute enough, I'll do a telly turn. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so I don't do it very often. Do you know anybody else that? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of people out there. Okay. Uh, we, we've had a couple when they've switched, you know, that were doing it. I can't remember it. I think there's one other guy that, for a while and he switched over. I think it's just still me that's, that's stuck to it. That's, uh, that's amazing. I, I had to give him I'm a, a stubborn motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are in a way, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, just, just, I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> and then everybody's like, you're not going to do this for very much longer. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And you know, I mean, I, I love the boots. Yeah. Comfy. I mean, like, you know, when you're at the duty station, you know, like you're basically waiting for something to happen or go skiing. 
you know, yeah. that's, that's your job yeah. in the duty station. And you see these guys in these Alpine boots with these like one thirty, like flexes and all this crap. <laughs> they got their boot off. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, you know, they got six toes. Yeah. <laughs> they got to bump, you know, they got to punch their boots out. I mean, I put my boots on, they're buckled all day long. Yeah. You know, and, my, and they're comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of, another thing is, is like, you know, knock on the, this is better be good wood, but, uh, <laughs> and I've never had any, <laughs> I've never had any, any knee injuries and uh, not say I wouldn't, but you know, with the flexibility of the, the heel, sure. You know, you, you're probably going to cut your head and, you know, well, I got a helmet, but, um, you know, you get a little, you get a lot of flex from like if you fall. Sure. And also you're probably keeping the, your, the muscles around your knee probably more intact. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I'm not a strong skier, but you ask anybody, yeah. I mean, I can keep up. I don't, I don't trust that at all. Yeah. I mean, I keep up, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah. The goal is to keep my whole career on doing that. That's awesome. But it's not like ingrained, but any new, uh, any new good, uh, I, I'll never forget the, I don't know where I saw it. You, you, you would know the, it may have been a t-shirt. My job is better than your vacation. Nothing's been better than that. <laughs> the hats. It was a hat. Yeah. The- my, my job is better than your vacation was, um, one of the ski patrols, uh, logos. Yeah. So ski patrols all over the, you know, tell rides always got a good one. Sun Valley's usually got a good one, but, uh, yeah. Um, the way you make money, a little extra money is sell hats. Yeah. And, um, and you know, come up with a yearly quote, and it keeps coming back. To that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. But uh, yeah, there's been there's some been some good ones too. But and another perk too. I mean, I I know throughout the years, you and I have talked. Like you get to go on an exchange, so you get to in mm-hmm. that all over the. Is that mostly in the Rockies or Canada? Really? Yeah. Anywhere you want to go. I mean, Jackson's obviously one of the people want to come to Jackson. And yep. so like, we just kind of pick and I got a buddy, Kevin, that likes to, we like to go to Canada I mean, yeah. when we can. And, uh, so we've gotten to go. Have you gotten to go in the past since this whole mess started? No, no. no COVID stopped. I mean, the whole last exchange year we actually program. did our own exchange, <laughs> which was, you know, the whole, the whole point of the exchanges is, is like you take your buddy, you take, the people on exchange and, and what an exchange is, is like, it's a professional courtesy to ski patrols, you know, around the, the nation. And so like we, we stick to the Rockies cause it's sure, you know, it's kind of, yeah, probably likeness. can drive there a little more cost effective likeness yeah. and the likenesses of ski areas. And so like we do one with like snowbird, tell you ride. Um, yeah. Where, where, where is it in Canada that you get to like, you go anywhere Fernie you or, oh, Fernie, oh, wow. yeah, sure. Red Mountain, Fernie, oh, and is that um, Whistler, Blackcomb? Is that any any? I mean, Revelstoke was one of the funner ones. That's what that's the one that I was trying to think of the name. Actually, that's a that's a fun one. Is that in a normal world, or maybe we are in a normal world now? But back in the good old days, is that um, something that you would just sign up for? I mean. Uh, now that, now you gotta, used to be, you could just go like, you're just like me and me and Kevin, we're going to go to Revelstoke and this is the week we're going to pick. And, okay. um, you, you set it up yourself. I mean, there's always early season and everybody's calling in and say, we're going to do exchange this year, you know, 
Rebel Stokes Interstate. We yeah. we want to do one. You know, and Snowbird, um, Snowbird is always a good one because there's international exchanges. So their France guy comes, and when we, our France guy goes over there, and oh, so wow. like um, that's an inter, that's a year long. This is a week long exchange. And gotcha. So Snowbirds and Tell Your Rider kind of though we do those every year, uh, other than COVID, but. Um, yeah, so you could set it up, and now it's it's just too popular, and so like you now we put a, the name in the hat, and yeah. um, I'm kind of getting away from that. I've I'm I'm I've kind of <laughs> I'm getting to where uh, I'm gone enough. Yeah, I'm gone a lot, and yeah. I'm kind of I think I've might have pushed my limits. <laughs> so with a, yeah. with a whole lot of people, I can relate. Um, well, that's uh, I mean, and the you know. You've done it long enough where, you know, I mean, you, you have such a relaxed outlook towards it because it is got to be somewhat routine, but I mean, the, there's still plenty of training, right? And to get in, there's a shitload of training and. Yeah. And so like, um, you know, the medical thing is ongoing. And so, you know, once you get it started, you know, then there's uh, whatever the hours you got to have uh, for ongoing training um, you're constantly training with your, your, your transceiver, your beacon, your sure. transceiver. Um, that's a, you know, that's a, at least once a week, yep. not more. And then you're doing, uh, you're doing drills with, uh, with other people, like in case you have to do a, a you know, response to an avalanche, whether that's a, a worker, sure. uh, you know, one of your buddies or whether that's part of the, part of the public. And then, you know, know how to use a reco, know how to use a probe. No, I mean, sure. You know, the, the whole show of that. And then the, you know, the incident command, that's a whole nother training with that. Sure. Um, you know, all the medical, you know, that's a, you know, that's a something you're always training on. Yeah. Uh, Cause you've had to seen some gnarly stuff. I mean, yep, seen yeah. it, seen it as bad as it gets. I mean, though, very, before I was ever a patroller, this will be ingrained in my head forever. And, um, Probably why I still still can can handle it. I saw the worst thing I ever saw doing CPR in a in an ambulance, and you know, just that's stuff you see, and that'll be the worst thing I think I'll ever see. And I'm still still seeing crap. But yeah, you know, but, I mean, it's but gonna be a, hard. At, I mean, you know, I mean, on a serious note, right? I mean, it's those are real emotion. I mean, that's yep. like, I mean, that. Yep. That's got to be hard to messes uh, with your mind. Yeah, and then uh, then we do have a lot of uh, well, there's and there's with um, with first responders we do have the local um, assistance for any kind of therapy you need. Um, just go talk to somebody. Yeah, and we have uh, you know after incident reviews that you can go um, talk these things out with the people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the bigger events, you know, everybody's involved, but. Um, you know that hasn't happened in a in a while, and hopefully not for a, not for a long while. Long while, but um, yeah. I mean, we've had some big incidents. You know, we've had yeah, we've had a lot of things happen yeah, over man. the years. But um, yeah, you know, um, you, you need assistance. Yeah, and I think it's just important to point out because I mean, I you know, there's a lot of people, you know, for the younger generations, if you will, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of training and work that, I mean, you've had to, uh, to do consistently and at the beginning just to even, you know, get to the level that you're, 
you at when you when you started and then continue to to carry on. I mean, it's yeah, it's something that I have a ton of respect for. Yeah, you, you had to make a um, you had to make a commitment for sure. But I, let's go back a little bit to the assistance. I mean, um, you know, it's it's you know, it's the you get all the you know the PTSD stuff, you know, I yeah, mean, for sure. And you know, we the the mountain has uh, the JHMR has an employee assistance program, you know, like in, and I've used it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then the first responder, which is something different. That's locally for all the, all departments, you know, police, EMTs, ambulance. I mean, that's for anybody, uh, search and rescue. Mm -hmm. And you can go talk to them. I mean, that's a big, big deal. I mean, you can't, you know, people are going to, they're going to, they're going to put it somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's you know, it's, <laughs> it's this. Or I'm not it's laughing talk at to somebody. the. Uh, I'm, I'm more laughing at the fact that you still have ice and are able to shake it so well. Well, it's a yeti. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, you're going to be drinking. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to lose a marriage. I mean, this is stuff that all happens over the years to every, you know a lot of people, and you need that. You need that help. And we and we're fortunate. Yeah, I mean. That we have the, the avenues. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to turn it down the dark side, but it is. Uh, it, it's a reality that's worth mentioning. Of you know, again, as someone who doesn't, you know, I don't know the ins and the outs, but um, you know, even in the fishing world, right? It, it, shit happens. Yep. And um, people die doing a lot of fun things. Yeah, and and somebody's got to deal with that. That's a steep mountain, and you're. Uh, well, I mean, it's amazing and, you know, it's, um, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so on to, uh, on That's to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go fishing right now. Let's go fishing. Um, so on to the Bahamas. Um, fuck man. I was just there and the water. I mean, you were there where Carter started. Yeah, I was. Bahamas. I was in uh, Crooked and Acklands. That's and the first place I ever went. It was Carter, really, mm -hmm. in the Bahamas. What uh, what year was that? Uh, two two thousand seven or eight. We 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 actually talked about it quite a bit today. I mean that the Bahamas, right in general. I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of. Um, good looking water but i i growing up going to the bahamas every year living there for a bit i mean that um it still has to be some of the prettiest water i've ever seen and i have i hadn't been there in probably well i can tell you exactly because i wanted to make sure that i got uh cook's feet in the sand so it was eight eight years ago so so he would be a fourth generation on that on that island but I mean, it's about as pretty as it gets, and you get to spend some time there um, on the west side of Andros, which is about as remote as it gets, right? I mean, there's very hard to get to. I and I and another place I got to. Uh, that's my checklist: is I got to, uh, I got to be an observer on the mountain, and I need to get Come to, to the. Flamingo. I need to get to the west side of Andros. Yeah. So on the west side, um, I have not been there. So you, I mean, is, is there anything besides? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. There's a lodge, and there's a big boat. And I was looking at the map. And it's a national park. 
It's a national park. Yep. Turtle preserve. Wow. So it's protected. There's no, there's the government's kind of talked about putting in like a, like a camp situation Mm -hmm. um, in the, in the park. But for as far as any buildings, any, any lodges. And the other thing is like the East sides, the, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot higher elevation. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of, uh, and that's where all the people are in the lodges and all the, all the, all the towns. But um, those guys that owns Flamingo, he's had this place for over a hundred years, his family. And that's a pretty interesting story. It's a duck hunting yeah, that that's that's the well, and and I'm just gonna backtrack for one second because that was a pretty sharp turn. So um, from the mountain, and then all of a sudden we're uh, we're in flip flops. But so Kurt, Kurt, after um, in the off season, so uh, Jackson Hole Ski Patrol gets to host some time in the Bahamas, and then on to trout fishing season, and then back to. Um, possibly sometime in the Bahamas. So, so that's how we're that's how we're in the Bahamas, right? Now. Yeah. So, yeah, the goal is is to miss mud season. Yeah. Any mud season. And you've you've been able to do that for a while. Well, last with COVID, I spent the whole <laughs> that's like a dozen years. <laughs> so yeah, so so I stayed home, but but yeah, so I get the host trips and I bring some clients down and uh, we get to um, enjoy their lodge and. Uh, Sounds like a really. Cool, they also when, have a. They also have a mothership, so that's pretty fun, and the, that's located a little bit further north than the lodge. Okay. But I mean, great bone fishing, um, great tarpon fishing, and then this mothership's got the permit fishing. And and it's pretty far north on the west side. What's well, the northwest tip? Okay. There's two islands. Yeah, I think that's what I was looking at. Yeah, Williams there. and Billy's. Um, island but um yeah the boat will go up there and take clients up there and and the i mean it's just so hard to equate uh duck hunting in the bahamas at at times but so if there's if there's so in the summer months um is where the is where they get most of the rain Mm -hmm. and so like in the fall you get the migration from ducks, obviously from the north. And if there's a lot of water, there's a um, so so the west side of Andros is is very low ele- low elevation, very marshy. So you can get a lot of standing water. A lot of standing water, a lot of closed uh, ponds, and so they're not they're not tidal. And so as long as there's fresh water on top of that wa- that salt water, that's what the blue wing teal want. And plus they have their own bahamian pintail um, which is protected you can't shoot those but um but the blue wing till they they migrate early and so like in the fall if you can get or you know the winter you know so starting starting late october into november you'll get these migrations if there's been a lot of water there'll be a lot of ducks will stay and if the if, if they're if there's not a lot of water they'll just move on down somewhere else but and what, what percentage, I mean, are, are a lot of people doing both? Yep. Fishing? Okay. Yep. You can do both. Like you get a crappy day, you know, you, the guys will, they'll, they'll take us, uh, they'll take us on a little, uh, little canoe, do a couple of different kind of shoots, but basically, you know, you can do the, um, you know, if you got a rainy day, 
where the morning's just going to suck for sight fishing, bonefish, you'll go do this. You know, you go go do a hunt, come back, have lunch. The afternoon clears up. You'll go do go do a half day of bone fishing. But it's also a you know staple. You know the the owner likes to use the resources. I mean, they're it's a you know you get sixteen miles off, you get stone crab. Yeah, five miles off, he's getting blue crab. He's getting snapper from um, reefs, and he's getting getting ducks, t- getting blue wing tail. Blue wing tail. So use you know he's using his resources. That's awesome. And um, any uh, any shark incidents at all? Recently, Bahamas. Yeah. There's something about the maybe it might be the Bahamians. It seems to me, well, growing up there for sure. I mean, going there, right? The they are not down with sharks. I mean, it's um, and I was reminded of that being <laughs> down there recently. I'll never forget one of the Pinder brothers, um, literally, like you know, steering the boat away. And I was like, "What are you? You're in a we're in a boat." And he's like, "Did you see the tiger shark?" And I was like, "I did, but we're in a boat with a motor. Like you, you can we can get a little closer, but they uh, they don't seem to like to uh, get." get that close but have, have you have you seen any big big sharks recently uh just uh the yeah i did i just <laughs> the last shark i saw no that wasn't the last shark i saw but we had a <laughs> we had hooked a permit and um it got somehow got stuck in a mangrove went in and went on a point that had mangroves and uh, so it went for the mangroves it went uh, yeah yeah i mean we were way yeah. offshore and we were fishing to a ray mm-hmm. and the fish you know we didn't even see the fish until I got a little closer. And then we're like, oh, yeah, there's a permit on this thing. Cast the permit. Three of them came up under this ray, <laughs> caught one of the permit. And then, you know, we're like all thinking, oh, my God, we got one, you know. So it's like, uh, yeah, game on. You know, we're good. We're good. We're good. And this thing starts turning, 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 goes into the mangroves on a point. And so, um, so it wasn't very many mangroves. Got into one, and we motored over to it. And anyway, long story, but it broke, and it was painful to watch. But I mean, the back—not the backing knot, but broke in the backing. So we had a fly line. So we we're trying to chase, chase where we think fly. this thing goes. I mean, this thing's gone. Yeah. We we went up and down this ledge where kind of where the the rocks are and where the permit where we saw the permit. We're going up in that thing, and I'd say we probably went about a quarter mile in this big, huge bay, and then we just see a tiger shark in there. We're like, oh. Really? Yeah. In skinny, How skinny was the water? It was about four feet. Wow. And then uh, kind of measured it up to the boat. You know, it was about a 10-footer. Wow. But, uh, you know, on our side, on the on – the, on, on, the, on the west side, you know, it's, it's mostly lemons. I mean, there's not a lot of big, you know, no – you know, that that's off the boat. There's more gradient, right? Like yeah, yeah. And that's off the boat. So you're you know you're not seeing those big sharks at the lodge. Yeah, you're seeing lemons. You know you don't yeah. see the black tips. Yeah, I've had a, I've had one experience with a tiger shark that was way way too close. Um, so I am a little terrified of large large. T- that was on foot too. So I was a little, and I had another experience with a hammerhead in the Bahamas. That, that oh actually, wow, yeah. That was uh, that was the only time because I remember used to when they would be like, "Don't ever wade above your waist," and I was like, you know, a young punk, like whatever. 
and um yeah one time i think i was up to the nipples and hackles up and sure enough you know so um <laughs> I, I retracted whatever i said about them being full of shit about wading deep but yeah we have small bull sharks we have there's uh there's when you get into the um any of the cuts so like you go to the loggerheads like in the, the middle bite you know, there's black tips and then you go north and there's black tips and those are aggressive. Yeah. If you, you know, if catching them and stuff. Sure. You used to fit down there with Fitz and Dottie. Nice. Yeah. I saw, well, I think it's also because I, I got to see, I mean, from what I've been told and I have read, right? Like a tiger shark's jaw is, you know, built to crack turtle shells. I mean, the uh, one, the the Bahamian that the one of the Bahamians God's uh, prince was running his boat, just kind of trolling on the on the east side, northeast side, and jolters with a we had a tiger shark come, you know, as big as his skiff, mm-hmm. come on his boat and eat the prop. Really? Yeah, I mean, it was not going fast, but he went for the prop. I mean, he had like a, one of those stainless steel, you know, like uh, four bladed props yeah thing ate it <laughs> that's unbelievable yeah i got to see, i got to see one in i mean it was in the seychelles and it wasn't um it was there wasn't a, there's not a lot of sand there's a ton of turtle grass um on providence and got to it just so happens like it, it happened in a fucking perfect white sand spot oh wow there wasn't many and i got to we got to watch and we got to get close and i got to literally see the jaws at work on a probably about a three-foot turtle and so i think that probably accelerated my uh my tiger shark phobia just a little bit the black tips will eat to eat eat, uh turtles too really yeah there's we got a lot of a lot of green turtles huh and um you know they're they're not super huge but uh um yeah i've seen that happen yeah go after the turtles so that's uh <laughs> the life the life of danger kurt hamby well, that's why i don't swim <laughs> i'll wait ever no yeah i'll swim yeah, i know you swim um well on to uh one one uh one more thing that i'd be remiss if we didn't touch on and and uh it sounds like we're gonna have to get you back on here because we got i have plenty of more uh more questions but i know you're a you're a busy man but you and i um we got a couple things uh, you know to do's on the list today but one thing we did get to do was uh go to bhutan together and um that was pretty magical what i was just looking up there before was i'll uh i have a very fond memory of the all of us when we decided to go out and buy the traditional Bhutanese dress <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had a couple cocktails and um, put on our... The goes. Goes. There, uh, that's what I was. I should have just asked you. Um, yeah, and put them on. And I still, uh, I still have mine. I still have mine. And um, yeah, what, what were we putting? Were we, we were putting them on to meet someone or we were just putting them on to show respect or... Because the ho- the 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 picture was before we even went. We down. got yeah, we got them as soon as we got there. Um, we got them in uh, in Tempu or in Paro. I'm not in sure. Paro. In Paro. Because we were potentially where you were potentially gonna potentially gonna be meeting with the 
prime minister and the king. Yeah. And that was going to be a respect thing. And then we were going to do, we did the school and there was a party after the school. That's right. Yeah. We, that was also, we all got goat up. Yeah. And I wasn't there for that part. We, but we missed you. I, well, I would have loved to have been there, but I did get to go when I, when I met with the, uh, I don't even know if you and I talked about this. And this was, I mean, how, this was four years ago. So somewhere in that range. Anyhow, I got to meet with the, the minister of the forestry. Um, and in, <laughs> I was with Meisler and in the meeting, um, you know, we were talking about what, so basically for everyone listening, you know, the golden masseer is a fish. It lives in the Himalayas and in India and they're disappearing. Um, Bhutan's a stronghold for this. So we got to bring over a group of guides to put on a guide school for, um, in order to teach the Bhutanese catch and release practices and how to catch golden masseer. So that's, that's why we're over there. Um, so when I left you guys at the school and then went back and was meeting with the minister of forestry, I was kind of daydreaming about, I'm like, well, I wonder if they're getting into, you know, if they're catching some golden masseer. Cause I knew you guys were going to have some time, hopefully if, if they could uh, row the boats correctly <laughs> so that you guys could fish. But um, I'm sitting in the meeting and I was, I was like, my sermon, I don't, I don't have a tie. I don't have, and he's like, just, uh, just wear what you got. And then I go to meet him at the lobby and he's, he's in a suit. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> he's like, just, just come along. So we're sitting in the meeting and I'm daydreaming about you guys down there fishing. I was like looking at my watch, wondering what you, you know, 24 hour <laughs> drive away. <laughs> exactly. Probably longer. And, um, I'm like, what? All of a sudden I was sitting there and I'm, I'm trying to be respectful daydreaming, but then I'm looking and I'm, and I'm seeing this object and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I'm like, Oh my God, he's wearing a sword. What? And, yes. <laughs> So I was, and I was like, wow, you know, pull, pull, pull yourself together. I'm, I'm in a meeting. I'm in a meeting with someone who's wearing a sword and it's really happening right now. And <laughs> that was, uh, I'll never forget that. That was an amazing experience. And you guys, um, I still have a picture of you. I looked at it earlier today. You, of you, you caught, you ended up catching a golden seer, right? I did not. You did not. I did not. You were not. holding a... Hell yeah, I caught... I, I held it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very hard fish to catch. I mean, uh, we got five on that trip. Gotcha. I mean, I say we. Yeah. Um, well, again, caught, you weren't fishing. I mean, you um, were... Yeah, you we, were, were, we were... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we... We um, we, we rode um, some water we weren't sure that would... We could take students... Yep. And we um, got to fish. And then um, every day we'd fish a little bit with the students. Um, and, you know, they, they they got it. I mean, they could row. I mean, we found a few that were into it, and they could row. And and, uh, and um, they could um, – several of them caught chocolate masseer. Yeah, I didn't catch a golden on that trip um, either. I, I did catch, however, like just throwing a streamer like a trout, which I thought was yeah crazy. It did catch a chocolate. Yeah, we caught chocolates. Um five were caught i think everybody caught one but me but um i caught one with matt brewer um that's the one you were he holding. caught one and, okay. but that was with the um that was with the bootanese rowing 
That's awesome. And so that was a big deal. Yeah, maybe when this mess is over, we can uh, we can fire that back up. But, yeah, that's uh, a that's a that's a that's a very very dynamic deal, and uh, it's super cool. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was a great trip to be invited on. Thank you. Absolutely, it's overwhelming, right? I mean, like, well, it's super like that's a I mean, that's a hard uh, everything about it is. There's nothing easy. Yeah, the driving, but the, the country fishing, is. the 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 fishing was super cool. Yeah. Um, but the, the, you know, the, the takeaway, like the people and the I mean, people. It, it's almost like you feel like you're, you know, in a make, I mean, make, I mean, it's just, it's just so different than what we know it's, uh, but yeah, the people, I mean that it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the topic, the t- topography yeah. is crazy. I mean, crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'll like never where, forget where we where we started, where we ended, <laughs> and then where we ended up again. And then you fly off and you see Everest. Yeah, exactly. And I'll never forget on my my first because I think I've long, long way away. I think I've done three. I think I've been there three times now. And on my first um, flight in there, mm. we started banking, and I think I was kind of asleep. And when we, you know, you don't bank that hard in a huge jet often and we started banking and i'm like what is going on and i opened the window and there's a guy plowing his field yeah like outside the window and i was like oh wow this is about to get real oh my gosh yeah that and yeah the the the, oh my gosh the the monasteries oh my yeah the tiger's nest i mean that tiger's nest was crazy that was nuts no that was a great trip i mean just and driving around on those dirt roads, the highways. Yeah. That was a highway. That's scary. The only way driving. to get. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, um. These dudes in their Pradas, their yeah. Heluxes. Yeah. That's, I need to get one of those diesels. Um, so, again, I, I, you know, thank you very much, but I do like to end, uh, end each show with a couple of thought topics. And, um, if you were in charge of solving the traffic issues here currently, what what moves is Kurt Hamby making? Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I should have looked at that one for <laughs> I mean Oh yeah. I feel sorry for the people that really have to make a decision, right? Yeah. It's uh it's awful. I'm thinking tunnel, right? I mean something. Something. I mean, uh, three ninety needs to be three lane or four na- four lane. Yeah. I mean, and no one likes that idea. Yeah. And it's probably not. I mean, a lot of that stuff's not realistic. I've heard more and more banter about a tunnel, though. I mean, do you think? I mean, that mm, that's been going on forever, forever. Yeah. And I mean, it's probably worse when things get worse. Yeah. Um, it's it's either the what is it? You got the. The uh, well, the we always got the, the red snake going up and down, the <laughs> up and down the pass, yeah, up and down the pass. That's great. Um, yeah, well, I mean, they're gonna redo the bridge too, and that's not gonna right? oh, the Wilson Bridge, yeah, cool. Oh. <laughs> Closing the airport, it's all, it's all happening. Oh, yeah, the yeah, the airport's gonna be crazy next, next year, yeah. Um, I it, wish I, I really do wish I had an answer, yeah, because. Well, I was just thinking, I mean, you, 
I mean, you're because I don't like coming over here. I hate coming over here. Yeah, well, I mean, I live in Victor, and and I want you to come over here. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to come over here is a is, is a it's nice right now. Yeah, right now it's really nice driving around. But there, but something, uh, yeah. I mean, I was um, floundering around trying to trying to learn how to hunt this morning at um, daybreak, and it was you know something needs to happen watching the the line come down the pass like something's gotta and as someone that drove the pass as well right right i mean um well moving on to the to the uh the the last question and then i will let you go but you know it's amazing you know the longevity and in the fishing world in the ski patrolling world, all of your experiences, you know, in the boat, on the mountain, different countries, hosting trips internationally, you've had to come across um, some pretty unique people. And I like to try to ask everyone this, who, who is the most interesting person you've ever met and why? And I know that's a tough question to ask, but who's, who's someone that just pops into your head? as um as someone that's got a pretty interesting story it has to be one uh no it, you, it can be fitz coker and ll cool j wow i'm so glad i asked that so fitz i know and you probably know more about fitz than i yep than I fitz do. is a great dude fitz and dotty i mean you can't say fitz without saying dotty so there's yeah. three but uh um, just from the fishing aspect, I mean, I've, I've learned so much fishing, you know, for, um, the world records yep. from him, but, but not only that, it's just like, uh, his passion for, you know, like don't touch these knots. I mean, I tied these things, you know, sure. and I just, I just heard of, I was just listening to podcasts from him just lately, just recently on Andy Mills. Yeah, 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 Annie Bill, okay. and um, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I have a world record with uh, with Dottie, the two pound bonefish, on or, oh two pound tippet bonefish, on two pound tippet, yeah. a three and a half pounder. But um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time with them. And for the people in the trout world, right? I mean, two pound seven is x seven x. There you go. Like I would never ever. I don't ever use six x. You probably don't have. Six. I don't have it. <laughs> Five, five, five is as low as I go. I think yeah. I have five and a half. Like I, I like the trout hunter stuff, so I yeah. use five and a half sometimes. But yeah, no, no, never. But I mean, like, I mean, and watching him tie this stuff, you know, and he's got the bimini twists and stuff. But I mean, like, and he's so passionate about it. Yeah. And then we got the sharks on for three hours, and his patience, Dottie's patience, and we got these sharks on for hours, you know, and not catching them, and when they popping off of the boat, and that was um you know, a lot of, I don't know, I fished with them three or four years and just, 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 re, just respectful. Yeah. That's and amazing. Then, uh, on the other end of that is I fished with LL Cool J this year with, in the boat with the CEO of the ex CEO of AT&T. So a dude from Oklahoma, a dude from Texas and a dude from yeah, Queens. He's not a fisherman yep. and um, he's there with a, uh, a uh, group of a couple, uh, um, but he's a super, um, um, super 
I mean, like uh, the respect that he has, mm-hmm. the compassion that he has, mm-hmm. conservation that he has really? for for everything. That's I mean, awesome. um, he's a giving person, the nicest person, but um, he's not a fisherman at all. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we got him a bonefish. You know, my my job was to make sure he gets a bonefish sure. from from the um, his buddy. And so we got him one. And then uh, just listening to his story, the most... I've never been impacted by somebody's story. Yep. Like I'm boring compared to this guy. You're not boring. Well, I, I mean, compared to this guy, you yeah. know, listening to his life story and the decisions that, that he could have made that could have went South. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are like way bigger decisions than I've ever had to make in my life, you know, sure. and just like his, you know, his, his, you know, all the way from his, um, I guess his mother and his grandfather, just making sure he's reading books and just, you know, like, just making decisions. And he's like, I, man, I could have gone a whole nother way. Yeah. And, you know, telling me who his, his idols were and stuff like that and how he got started. And I'm like, Oh my, I mean, he is a compassionate person and, and very, very thankful, very blessed, very appreciative of the people that got him there. And, uh, you know, in a, in a level that like, I can't even imagine. That's awesome. But just the, you know, six hours in the boat with him and, just the more, the, just the more he got super excited about the fishing too. But, um, you know, like the more he got talking about his story, the, the, the more he start <laughs> casting. I mean, and the more he started just freaking just, I mean, like he broke my spinning ride <laughs> looking for, you know, Barracuda. Cause he was just so ramped up about, you know, oh, we're just asking awesome. questions and stuff. And we're like, and we, we don't know a thing about his world. Yeah. You know, like, and, um, I just remember telling him, uh, you know, like, I'm like, hey, uh, talking to the guy that was in the boat. I'm like, so, you know, how you had a high school song, you know? And I said, well, mine was Five Minutes of Funk by Houdini. And, yeah. And um, L. Cool J starts just rapping, <laughs> you know, Five That's Minutes awesome. of Funk. And I'm like, oh, my Starts, starts God. rapping the song. Oh, yeah. He's oh, like, wow. oh, good friends of mine. Well, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I said, see, we don't we don't have a clue. I'm like, this is the most interesting dynamic of a boat I've ever been in in my life. That is so that 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 answers question. Most interesting awesome. people. Um for different reasons, but uh yeah. That is uh just got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's amazing. That's uh it sounds like uh an amazing day. It was pretty funny. Yeah. And not, I need to listen to not many uh, fish got. Yeah. Well, probably some really good conversation. Great conversation. Um, well, I've, uh, I've probably taken too much of your time as is, and I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for stopping by. I look for, I look forward to doing this again. Love to. And, uh, I really appreciate it, man. You're, uh, I think you underestimate, um, your story and, um, your your commitment and longevity to the fishing world and the ski patrol world and it's uh i have a ton of respect for it and i know a lot of other people do so uh thanks for coming by man i really appreciate it yeah thank you for the invite i appreciate it yeah buddy we'll uh we'll do it again again. find more information about kurt hamby on instagram at kurt underscore hamby also at worldcastanglers.com Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Permit to Think. My hope is this podcast offers meaningful conversations and stories from the fringe of societal norms. We'll see where it goes. 
Be sure to subscribe and support the podcast by giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you are using. I'm out. <laughs>